Welcome to the Happy Homestead Podcast. I'm thankful that you found your way here. You're in the right place if you're looking for meaningful conversation that's raw, that's genuine, and that is centered around Christ. There may also be some conversation sprinkled in about coffee, chickens, day-to-day life that tends to be a bit messy, and also some things about the Enneagram. I hope that you can snuggle up with me with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and that we can dive in together and that this becomes a safe, relaxing place of rest for you. Thank you for joining me. My name is Elizabeth and I'm excited for this journey. Blessings. All right, so go ahead and pray and open us up if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this hour, Lord. We thank you that Jessica was able to be here and join us, Lord, and that as you speak through Elizabeth, Lord, that you will give a message to whoever's listening and the ladies that are here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, um, so... Last time, last month we were here, um, we talked about nourishment in the desert. And we kind of talked about how this is an ongoing, recurring theme right now in the spiritual realm. Um, And it seems like it's everywhere. It doesn't seem like it's just here. It seems like everywhere you go, that's kind of like what you're hearing right now is about, um, you know, the living water and, and, um, and the dry places. And so... Anyways, I, I didn't want to talk about this again because I feel like this is, I don't know, the fourth time I've talked about this, but I feel like I can't get away from it. I feel like God just keeps um, talking to me more and more and more about it, and it's exciting. And so anyways, I um, I really like watching uh, those like National Geographic shows. Those are my favorite and so one day I was just watching um, one of these National Geographic shows, and uh, to my own shame, it was I I was kind of um, what they call decompressing, where you just like you don't want to talk to anyone or do anything. You just want to like just kind of unwind and like disconnect from everything. So anyways, I felt like God was calling me into a prayer time with him. And I was kind of, um, I was like, God, I just want, I just want some alone time right now. Like I just, I'm so exhausted. And so I put on this National Geographic show and it was called The Flood. And God, God just, he just amazes me and it just cracks me up because he, he still talks to you. Like, he's like, if you're not going to talk to me, he's like, I'm going to come through whatever it is, you know, that you're doing right now to, you know, like, I'm going to talk to you. Like, I can still reach you through this. And so I was sitting there and I was watching this and I felt like God was just like, talking to me through this National Geographic show and I got so excited I was like oh wow and so it had to do um, as you can imagine the name of the show is The Flood so well movie but it had to do um, you know with what we have been talking about 
And so, um, basically, the show is about the Savannah and um, this movie. It was about the Savannah and the deserts and um, mm-hmm, in Africa, and how every so every so often, every so many years or whatever. Um, there, there's these great rains that come, and this rain that comes causes this, this river, and this river flows into the desert, right? And it floods the plains, it floods this wasteland, and it makes it this lush, um, thriving environment. Yes. And so what used what was previously a wasteland, what was previously a desert, is now this luscious green environment that is is life supporting. And so I just thought that was so cool. Um and so as I was watching this, here's just some thoughts um that I felt like the Lord put in my spirit. So I was watching this, okay? And it started off um and it's like the the lion um, hunting his prey, right, in this desert place. And it's, it talks about in the show, it's narrated, and it talks about how um, the desert is the perfect place for this predator because it's a vast, open, flat land. And how, yeah, they can see, they can stalk their prey. So it makes the perfect hunting grounds. And so... Um, I thought that was so interesting. Well, then um, later in the show, it ta- it says, but when the water comes, when the water comes and floods this wasteland, this is my favorite part, when the water comes and floods the wasteland, the lion loses his advantage. And I was like, I thought that that was so cool and I feel like God talks to us through his creation. Mm-hmm. And he uses a lot of, um, uh, what's it, parables and different things. And, and he applies it in that nature. way to nature. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, like this is, this is exactly what we've been talking about. And I thought that was so interesting because it's like, um, so I changed the word lion to the enemy because in the Bible, God refers to the lion, um, yeah, as as the devil, as Satan. You know, he, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he shall devour. Mm-hmm. And so if you take that and you apply it to that, <clears throat> it's when the water floods the wasteland, the enemy loses his advantage. So what was the perfect hunting ground has now become um, an obstacle course for the enemy. I saw that too, and it talks about how after everything gets lush, mm-hmm. thick, full of water, like the gazelles or the you know the the, the prey uh-huh. are trying, they can run through that water, but the lion can't. Right. The lion can't right. keep his whatever. Stamina yes. running through that, and they can get away from him yep. in that water. Yep, they can. In the brush. Yep. And so, um, something else that I thought was interesting was <clears throat> it started out this this movie, and the birds. There were these flocks of birds. Well, you know how the Bible says that He cares for even the sparrows, mm-hmm. and this was so cool to me that they put this in there because I was just like, 
I was seeing like spiritual implications all over the place. And there's these flocks of birds and you see them and they're, they're like pecking through the dry sand Mm -hmm. because the grass is withered away and all that's left is few seeds from the grass and they're pecking into the sand and they're trying to find seeds to eat and they're hungry. And it says that when the water comes, it brings life and protein for these birds Mm -hmm. down to the I mean it's God is so awesome right Mm -hmm. it was like they showed this they zoomed out once Mm -hmm. the water was there they showed you this image of these birds pecking in this in the sand so much that dust clouds were going up around them they were hungry and they would get up and their whole flock would fly up in the air and move to another place and they were scrounging for food trying to find food and then God sends this water in to this wasteland and there are so many bugs from this water that it's like a thick cloud you almost can't see but that supplied the those birds with enough nutrients and protein to last them to carry them through and i thought that that was so just so amazing from the water from the water hmm. and so Another interesting um, thing to note that I I thought was really neat um, was that sound travels faster in water. Mm. That if you're above water, if you're at, at sea level above water, sound only travels at 760 miles per hour. But if you are fully submerged in and beneath the water sound travels at three um 3300 miles per hour so 3300 miles per hour yeah it's more than four times as fast and so i thought that that was interesting too because you take that and you apply it right when the flood comes you know when you're in that desert place we talked about before when you're in that desert place it's so he can nourish you well he's brought you there because he wants to water you well when you're there and then you're in the water and you're fully submerged in the water i thought that was so interesting to note that sound travels faster and and so i was like that's so cool sound travels faster in water when you're fully submerged in the living water you can hear him faster clearer and I thought that that was really neat too I was just like oh my gosh that's so cool um and so that was another thing that they had said was you know this once barren and empty wasteland is now luscious and supporting new life and that that um goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about um I think it I think it was Isaiah 43, 19, I believe is the verse where it says, um, I will make uh, rivers in in the dry wasteland, that he's about to do a new thing. And um, that that is literally like that, that movie, that National Geographic movie that I watched, that is what that was, was he made a river literally a river in the dry wasteland and he created new life 
That's awesome. It was so cool. I was like, I felt like I was watching his word come to life before me. Yeah, if you've got it, you can go ahead and read it. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make, even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so it was so cool. I was watching this and I was like getting goosebumps. Like how awesome God is. Like, you know, a lot of times we read this stuff in the Bible and we, we only apply it spiritually, which, yes, but... God doesn't change. God uses his word to to help us understand who he is better. And a lot of times if we'll look at nature, we see God's word unfolding before us because that is who God is. The God that created nature, the God that created all of these things that are happening all around us every day is the same God that wrote the wrote his word that spoke his word so of course we're gonna see it in nature but it's so cool when you do because it's like it it just it just blew me away it blew me away because I I just couldn't believe it and so um last night we were at a church service and um I felt I was I was praying in the spirit and I was talking to the Lord and I felt I heard him say to me in my spirit um I have come to break the chains that are keeping my children in bondage. Um, And I long for the hearts of my people to soften towards one another. And so I got that at the beginning of the service. And um, in the service, he had actually um, began talking about the very things that I had planned on talking today. Um, He, the minister spoke on um, the Red Sea and uh, the, the Jordan River. Um, and how God brings you um, to a Red Sea or a Jordan River. Like, he's not going to bring you to that without parting it for you. And so I thought that that was really cool as well. Um, And the title of his message was Finish What You Start. Um, Finish What You Started. And I I really thought that that was interesting because... um, Like I said, it it just kind of goes hand in hand with what I had planned to talk on today. So we're going to go ahead. I want you to flip over to Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to read the first 11 verses. And I, um, this is uh, King James that I'm in. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be any man, there shall not any man be able to stand, therefore, or stand, oh my gosh, I can't read today, sorry guys. Um, be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt, de- shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, command thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper with, with whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, with, with whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan, to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Um, jump over to chapter 5. So, um, correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, but where we're at um, in Scripture um, is everything, the Moses leading God's people out of Egypt, um, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea, um, the being in, in the wilderness for 40 years, that's all happened already. And so now you have Joshua here. Um, and now there's another, uh, another body of water that the Israelites are coming up against, right? River, right? Right. The Jordan river. All right. So and is it during flood season? Is it during the flood? Um, I believe so. It says that, um, when I was reading this, um, it, it talks about how the river was very full. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to read the first 12 verses. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the, of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of the war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness, till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month, at even in the plains of Jericho. 
And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And so the reason why I wanted to include that was first to kind of let us know um, so the lesson today, I guess I should back up. The lesson today is just about um, the Israelites and um, kind of what what they've went through. And so, um, you know, we see them being brought out of Egypt. We see them facing the Red Sea. We see them crossing the Red Sea. We see them wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. We're going to read some more about, we're going to go back in time a little bit. Um, and read some more about them while they were in the wilderness. But I, th- I thought that that was interesting to note. Um, I kind of wanted to timeline stamp us there so we knew how long they were in the wilderness. And then also um, kind of like the end of the story. Give us a glimpse of like sort of, you know, the, the future here. But that part there I thought was really interesting that they ate off of the land they had once they were once they were in this place at um at Gilgal they were able to eat of the corn of the land um they ate unleavened cakes they ate parched corn and I thought that was really interesting because that reminded me of the birds eating the seeds out of the sand mm-hmm. um that you know God provided for them he gave them manna until they were able to, you know, be sort of self-sustaining off the land and get that food off of the land. And so I thought that that was really interesting to know. It says that the manna ceased the day after they had eaten of the old corn um, of the land. And so I thought that that was, um, that was interesting to know. All right, so we're going to... <laughs> you're okay. We're going to jump over to Exodus chapter 14. I guess jumping back. We're jumping back. Exodus chapter 14. All right, and we're going to read verses 10 to 16, and then we're going to read verses 21 and 22. All right, so we're back with Moses. Moses is alive and he's, um, led his leading his, well, okay. He led his people out of Egypt, but they're still on the run from the Egyptians, from the Egyptian army. Okay. So when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness." And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Which, <clears throat> which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, 
and shall hold, you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Over to verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. So similar. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought that that was cool because um, if you go and you read this story of when the people are in the wilderness, which I um, we've got some more verses to read about them coming up, but you're going to find out um, – God is so patient with us. Mm-hmm. He is Long so patient. Suffering. Yes. You know, because there are um, there are so, so many times in that story where uh, the people, you know, like you hear this here. You hear them say to Moses, like, why did you bring us out of Egypt if you're just going to kill us? Why did you bring us out of Egypt if you're just going to lead us into our own graves? You know, they're like, we would have been better off to stay where we were. We wouldn't have had to leave our homes. We wouldn't have had to left what we know. Um, and again, like, I feel like God just, con- he confirms us. Um, and that was something else last night that was spoken on, um, was how the Israelites, they they would have rather had been comfortable and stayed put um or to to go back to that comfortable comfortable uh sense rather is what the speaker had said than to continue uh to continue doing what they had started with the lord what well they they would rem- they were remembering the garlics and the links mm-hmm. but they weren't remembering their cruel taskmasters right the oppression the oppression mm-hmm. and, and we get like that sometimes Mm -hmm. in our Christian walk, you know, we forget the bondage that God brought us out of. Yeah. And we're like, man, this Christian walk's so hard. If I could just go back and, you know, we get the same mindset because the enemy blocks out. He's a cruel taskmaster. Mm -hmm. But again, with them, after they get into the desert, it's like the the dark, it's always the darkest just before the dawn. Mm -hmm. And as far as, um, wonder why it says talks about there was no graves in Egypt. Okay. I, that's off the subject. But I just Probably because it wasn't that the custom then? Didn't they just didn't burn they something? burn their bodies? Yeah, didn't they burn the bodies of the Israelites? I never thought about that. I hadn't noticed it until you read that just now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that is weird. Why was there no graves in Egypt? That that's. I could be wrong on that, but I I would definitely look that up. I think yeah. I almost think that that was uh, customary was people people bodies. that didn't have stature or wealth that were servants, um, slaves. They I believe I could be wrong, but so well surely the the uh, like the Egyptians though. Well, the Egyptians, they are known for their tombs. Oh, they didn't have graves. They had tombs. tombs. It just said 
So, um, I thought that it was interesting to know also that when the Israelites were being led out of Egypt by Moses, okay, they, they faced the Red Sea. They felt trapped. Um, the Egyptian army was behind them and the Red Sea was before them. But God opened up the sea and they crossed on dry land. And so I thought that was so cool because if, if you're into like writing style and, and different things, that was um, foreshadowing what was about to come. Think about that. You know, they came from Egypt and then they face, they face this, um, they face this Red Sea and, and then they have to cross over on dry land. I, I guess didn't have to, but, um, God made a way for them to cross over on dry land. And so I thought that that was cool because that foreshadows the dry land, the desert, the wasteland that's to come. And then um, I, this morning before I came, I wanted to kind of like rewatch some of that that movie, The Flood, to just kind of refresh my memory. And um, while my husband was there and he was he was watching it with me, and he he asked me a question, and he said, um, he's like how do the animals, he's like, how do these animals survive the period of time before the water comes? How do these animals survive when there isn't water? Um, because it's not all the time, you know, it's a season. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him, you know, I was like, well, God takes care of his creation. And, you know, we talked about how the birds, they found seed in the sand you know, and there were still, there was still things that God put in place to take care of those creatures, even while they were out in the desert. It was, it was tough. I'm sure it was difficult, but they still had means to survive. But when that water came, it like completely changed everything. Kind of like feast or famine. (laughs) Yeah. And so we're going to talk about the Israelites and how God took care of the Israelites when they were in that dry desert wasteland. So go ahead, um, flip to Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. Exodus 6? Exodus 16, 16. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And if you haven't picked up by now, wilderness is desert. Okay? The children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, 
I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them, whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at even, Then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be, when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full. For that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying, All the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up, and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Do you think manna had ever appeared anywhere on the earth before this? No. I mean, I don't know either. I never had paid attention to that. I, I have never seen it in the Bible. Yeah, before that. Before that. All right, and so go ahead and flip over to chapter 17, verse 2. We're going to read down to verse 6. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this, that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with, with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto these people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Go over to chapter 20, and we're just going to read verse 2. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And so, everything we just read, over and over and over, the Israelites are, they're like doubting God. It's like... He's brought them all this way. He he did rescue them out of bondage. Miracle you know? after miracle. Miracle after miracle. And they still were never happy. Yeah, and, and 
they they didn't believe, they didn't trust that God was going to take care of them in the way that he said that he did. And he showed them, you know, he's like, hey, it doesn't matter. You're here in the middle of the desert. I can make make it rain manna from heaven. You can hit this rock and water is going to flow from it in the middle of the desert. And so God is just truly amazing. And, you know, that is who who he is. He wants to... Um, you know, the word that I started out with, he has come to break the chains that are keeping his children in bondage. That is what he wants for us. It seems like in their case, it seems like the deeper their doubt, the mm-hmm. greater the miracles. Yes. I mean, but yet, why did it take yes. that? Yeah. Um, it was almost like God was saying, you know, uh, like, okay, like, I don't, because it, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if they hadn't have murmured against God, what God would have done. Because you know he would have still taken care of he them. He would have took care of them. But it does make you wonder, like, well, what would he have done if, if they hadn't have murmured against him? You know, what blessings would have been in place if they would have not doubted? Like, what would he have just done if they wouldn't have doubted to begin with? Right. You know, it it does make you wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, And so jump over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we're just going to read the first 18 verses. And I don't know if yours has titles, but mine does. And so this says, Remember God's Care in the wilderness and I thought that was cool all the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or not And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did the fathers, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee known that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. 
lest when thou hast eaten and are full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water? Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint? Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end? And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. That is chocked full of so much good stuff. So I want to point out that verse, verse 8 where it talks about the barley, the vines, the fig trees, the olive oil, the honey. Um, Those words, if you remember, I gave a list of words Mm -hmm. that I felt like the Lord had given uh, myself and my friend Kayla. Wheat, barley, vines. There's barley, there's vines, there's fig trees, there's (coughs) oil, there's honey, all of those different things. And how cool is that, that those are all words that we feel that the Lord has given us. And it's where you find it here is in the promised land, Mm -hmm. in the land that he brings us to. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what's on the other side. And how exciting is that, that those are words that he's been giving to his children. As he's telling us, you know, it might be really dry right now. It might seem really dark right now. But he is about to do a new thing. He is about to bring rivers into the dry wasteland. He is. And down here in verse 15 where it says, you know, because it, it, it doesn't talk much about this. But it does here. It brings it out here. Because, you know, when we think of the desert, we know there's snakes and scorpions and there's predators in the desert. And it doesn't really talk much about that, but down here it does. It says, there were fiery serpents. There were scorpions. There were drought. There was no water. And so it talks about that. And so a lot of times when it seems things are at their driest point, especially in the desert, when it seems like it's at its driest point, that's when the flood is about to come rushing in. Yeah. You, think about, you think about all those animals that are in the desert. When it's raining afar off, they don't necessarily know that it's raining afar off. They don't know that while they're in the desert that water's coming, that the water is about to rush in like a flood and completely change their entire environment. They don't know that. They don't. But it does. Did it show you in that maybe how it may be be raining or snow, whatever, in the mountains, and it may not be raining in the desert itself, per se, 
but all that water is coming out of the desert, I mean, out of the mountains. Right. It's flooding the desert even though it hasn't rained. Right, that's right, that's exactly that, and that's what I'm talking about. The ones in the desert, they don't know always, they don't know that it's raining afar off, they don't know that all that water is about to come flooding in and changing life as they know it. They don't know, they just know they're in the middle of the desert, and there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of predators, there's a lot of. Um, you know, it, it, it's drought. It's dry. And the flood, the water, it changes everything it touches. New life emerges all around it. And so I just want to remind you in closing that when the floods come in, it's when the flood comes in that the lion's hunting ground is submerged and he loses his advantage and so we have hope to cling to we have that hope that we can cling to you know if he brings us to the red sea he's going to part it and i thought it was interesting too that he brings them out of egypt right which is a desert to a body of water to the desert, to a body of water, to the promised land. You think about it like that, you know? And it's like this constant back and forth. It's a cycle. But it's, he, he brings us to the desert to nourish us. We talked about that the last time. And it makes you wonder, you know? It makes you wonder, like, what was going through the Israelites' minds? I can't even begin to imagine, you know, but God took care of them in such a way. He proved to them that he cared for them so deeply that it didn't matter where they were at in the world, that he could still send down his love and his nourishment to take care of and provide for them. And I just keep hearing that song in my head, Honey in the Rock, Honey in the Rock. And, you know, um, he really is our honey in the rock. He really is, regardless of where we're at, um, we may be in the darkest of places, but don't give up and don't, don't be afraid because... Sometimes when that flood comes in, it can be overwhelming, and that in itself can almost feel intimidating at times. But it's in that water, then we're submerged. It, yep, yeah, that the refreshment comes, that that we can hear God more clearly, and then the enemy loses his advantage that he has on us. And um, so, anyways. I, I didn't really give this a title, but um, I, I hope that it encouraged you, and I hope that, um, that you remember God's care for you while you're in those desert places, that he loves you and that he will um, provide for you and take care of you. And that's it. What would you, what would you type?
Thank you so much for joining us today on today's podcast episode. I do apologize for the background noise and some of the interruptions that we had. We were recording live and I don't edit um, when I do live recordings. And so that's the reason why. (laughs) Um, I think that it's important to keep things real and raw. Um, And so I hope that you enjoyed what you heard. And I pray that it blessed you, that it nourished you. Um, and mostly that it encouraged you. And if it did, I ask that you would share with somebody else in hopes that it would do the same for someone else as well. So um, the songs that I felt were fit with today's lesson um, that I encourage you to look up and to listen as part of your um, praise and worship. There's The first song is called Promises. Uh, with Joel Barnes and Naomi Rain, and then um, also the song called Honey in the Rock by Brooke uh, Ligertwood, Um, and so I just encourage you to look those up and to worship and um, praise, and um, again, I just thank you for listening, and I pray that God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. God bless you.